Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello, dear listeners. What's in a name? Quite a lot, really. Names, especially personal names, are not just labels, add-ons that can be discarded on a whim. Sure, you can change your name by what is called common usage. I understand you can do that in Canada by simply telling your family or your friends or employer the new name by which you'd like to be called. Or you can go the more formal route and apply for a legal name change. Most people will treasure their name and the family lineage in which it is found. Some cultures and nations have interesting customs to follow in coming to the names of their children. For example, traditionally, First Nations people had several names throughout their life. A baby would be given a name according to the Earth's elements, and so Fire Child or Water Baby and whispering wind came on the scene. But then, as the child grew, other names were earned and added. Fire child might earn the name Buffalo Hunter, and whispering wind added sparkling eyes. When laws were passed requiring all First Nations to be registered, there was a problem. For the government agents sent out to do the registering so often couldn't make out the names of people as they were unable to spell those names they heard pronounced in a First Nations language. Often those agents used their own name as a surname for the First Nations person. And that's why today you will find many First Nation people with a last name that is really a common Christian first name, like Dan George, Harry Paul, Lawrence Joseph, and even biblical names such as Job or David also entered the ranks. God Almighty treasures his own name. Although he is called by hundreds of names in the Bible, yet he has revealed himself by some names which are most unique. I think of the time that God met Moses from within the burning bush and gave him his mandate to go to Pharaoh in Egypt, telling him to let God's people go. Moses, who really didn't want to go, said, What if I tell the people of Israel, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say? Then God said, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. You read about that in Exodus three fourteen. I am. It is the name Yahweh, or the Lord. It speaks volumes about that special relationship of God to his people called his covenant. And within that covenant, the Lord promised to give his faithful children a new name. Even early on in the history of his people, God had changed the name of some of those children. Abram, 
whose name meant exalted father, had his name changed to Abraham, father of a multitude of nations, when God made his covenant with him and his offspring. And God changed the name of Jacob, one of Abram's grandchildren, to Israel, meaning God contends, when Jacob had wrestled with God, who had come down to him in human form. Read about that in Genesis 32. But now there is this marvelous promise recorded in the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 62. It is a prophecy which must have raised the spirits of all true believers in that prophet's days. For we're told of a time which would surely come when the nations round about Israel would see the blessings of God's people, blessings of righteousness and glory, the joy of their salvation, salvation brought about by Israel's God and Savior. It is a bright, a sparkling picture that was already developed in chapters 58 and 60. In chapter 58, verse 8, the prophet said, Israel's light would break forth like the dawn. And why? Because her light had come, and the glory of the Lord had risen upon her. As part of that marvelous prophecy, we then read these words, And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. A new name. It is the result of the Lord rising upon you. It's like the new clothes of which the prophet speaks in chapter 61, verse 10. That new name speaks of a new relationship and an enhanced privilege, which is knowing the word of the Lord. The prophet went on to speak of such a new name. He said, You shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate. No, but you shall be called, My delight is in her, and your land married. Towards the end of the chapter, God's people received more new names. They would be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. They would be named sought out, a city not forsaken. And these beautiful names would not be Israel's automatically, for God's covenant, so rich with his promises, is also exacting with his demands. Would the Lord grant them salvation, a right relationship to him? After losing that status because of their stubborn disobedience, their immorality, and their pride, they would receive it in the way of keeping to his statutes, his ordinances, by doing righteousness, that is, by living in faith and in truth, God's gift of salvation would come to them in the person of Jesus Christ. One of the foremost things Isaiah mentioned as God's just requirement was that they would honor his commandments, especially the keeping of the Sabbath day as a day of devotion to the Lord. Then said the Lord, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. 
To be sure, this new name of which the prophet spoke so emphatically must be understood figuratively as referring to the continuation or the perpetuation of the name of the Lord. For that Lord would be the blessing to his faithful people. He would attach his name to theirs. Would he allow his children to dwell in his house forever, as the psalmist said he would in Psalm 23? Would God's truth stay, that is, abide in us and be with us forever? The truth is that God's faithful children are his, even from before they are born. There are those who become Christians even at an older age. Yet their new name, which centers on Christ, became theirs forever. For body and soul, in life and death, they now belonged to Christ. In Christ Jesus, heaven came to earth, as it were. By faith in him, a new family, a new mankind was born. Dear listeners, do not despise this new name. There are those throughout the ages who prided themselves in those names to which they laid claim. Lengthy names involving the sovereign titles to lands and nations and other possessions. So Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, having no less than 16 royal titles, is officially known in Canada as Her Majesty Elizabeth II, by the grace of God, Queen of Canada and of her other realms and territories, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith, and Prince Charles, Philip, Arthur, George, the Prince of Wales, he also owns a significant number of titles. And these, however, pale in comparison with the length of names that comprise that of Caesar Aurelian, who ruled about 1,800 years ago. I won't mention all his titles here, for I'm liable to run out of breath. But by all means, look them up on the net. Yet, let's not be jealous of those who may legitimately be called Baron of Renfrew, or Great Steward of Scotland, or Gothicus Maximus and Imperator Caesar. Are you a Christian? Do you cherish your salvation and so your name that you received from Jesus Christ, who today is King of kings and Lord of lords? You are royalty too. By grace, through faith, you belong to a royal lineup of kings and queens, princes and princesses, whom Christ himself calls my holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. Were you baptized? You were immersed into the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you might live to give him royal praise and holy adoration as children of the crown. If you don't already know him and rest and abide in his love, may you come to do so. There is a palace and a crown waiting for all who truly belong to Christ's family. And the King of Kings, who at the same time is the Good Shepherd, will usher you in. For His is the power and the glory and dominion forevermore. Amen. Till next time, may God be with you, and thank you so much for listening. <music> 